Hello, and welcome to the Elevate with Elena podcast. I'm your host, Elena, a certified self-love and codependency coach, aka your healing hype girl. And my mission is to help women learn to love and accept themselves fully, unconditionally, and wholeheartedly. First of all, I'm so proud of you for being here and showing up for yourself because that is truly the first step in realizing that you are meant for more and you deserve the absolute most fulfilling and abundant life possible. Second of all, I'm here to provide a space of non-judgment, vulnerability, connection, and trust by serving as a friend, guide, and mentor to help you get where you want to be in all areas of life, which all truly begins with the relationship you have with yourself. In this podcast, we will dive deep into topics like self-love, obviously, codependency, trusting yourself, confidence, relationships, boundaries, self-care practices, and so much more. I'll tell you right now, this isn't going to be some cheesy self-care podcast. We are going to get real, get raw, get honest, but also lean into the lightness and love that is in each and every one of us as we explore and elevate ourselves together. Think of this as a fun, juicy mix of self-awareness, growth, spirituality, and curiosity. So get ready for the ride of your life because your self-love journey is just that. A continuous, wild, emotional, exhilarating ride of your life, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of it. Right. Hello. This is Elevate with Elena, and I'm super excited to introduce my very first guest. Um, It's such an honor to have her. Her name is Alex Zahner, and she's one of my really good friends. We work together, and I'm just so pumped to have her. So, Alex, do you want to introduce yourself and tell the audience what you're all about? Yeah. So, like Elena said, I'm Alex Zahner, Um, and I'm so excited to be your first guest on the podcast. So I am in my early 30s, and I do a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats. I'm a mom, a wife. I work in fitness. Like Elena said, we work together. Um, but for me, a big part of my story and who I am and what got me to where I am today is my sobriety. And the fact that I stopped drinking at age 24 has literally been the catalyst to everything in my life to all the different things that I do. I have my own podcast, which Elena has been on twice before I lead sober groups. I'm a sober coach. Um, there's a lot of different things that I do. And I'm very passionate about just helping show other people what is possible through living a alcohol-free lifestyle. So I'm excited to be here today. Yay. Yes. Um, I'm super excited to dive into more of like your sobriety and your journey, because that's kind of what this podcast is all about. It's all about like self-love and like your own healing journey and like what growth that you've been through. So I really think this could be really beneficial to other people to learn more about like what it means to be maybe sober curious or to question your relationship with alcohol and how does that affect the relationship with yourself? So I'm curious if we could just dive right into uh, what self-love means to you personally. Mm -hmm. Self-love to me means that you are taking care of yourself, mind, body, and soul. And every single day that's going to look different depending kind of on what you've got on the docket for the day. Sometimes for me, it might be taking a relaxing bath. Sometimes it might be just 
after coaching all day and a lot of exertion of energy, riding home in a silent car and just like (laughs) grounding down through connecting to my breath a little bit and kind of letting go of the day. And it's really different. I think it really just depends what you need um, in that moment, but it's really taking care of yourself is what self-love means to me. It's showing my daughter the importance of going to the gym and moving my body and like celebrating the badass things that I'm able to do. It's spending time with friends because I know that that fills up my cup. All the little things that bring me joy in my mind is what self-love means. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I feel like if you can implement self-care into your daily routine in just like little ways, like you mentioned, that is going to continue to build on your own self-love and the relationship you have with yourself because you're doing these little tiny things that compound on each other that build you up into a better version of yourself. So I love that response. So I'm curious, how has your relationship with yourself and like your self-love evolved over time? Mm. Yeah, I would say now (laughs) I have a lot more self-love for myself than I probably ever have. But when I think back to high school and being involved in sports and things, I was pretty competitive in sports and I was pretty kind of hard on myself. And I feel that that I didn't even realize like the ways in which I was speaking to myself in a negative way around like not feeling good enough or feeling less than in especially in athletics, because it was such a big part of my life. And that kind of carried on through with body image as I went into college and trying to navigate how to have a healthy lifestyle um, and learning to love myself as like my body was changing and I was gaining weight. And like, you know, people in high school, our bodies are very different than they are now. And so that was like, a really hard time for me in college where I feel like I didn't have like the healthiest relationship with my body. I was binge drinking. I was eating topper sticks at like 2 a.m. <laughs> like four nights a week. I mean, I and relate. <laughs> like loving my body was just like not really like a focus and like loving myself wasn't either. It was more just this like go, 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 go mentality of pure exhaustion and as I got older and I got sober, I started to reconnect with like doing things that felt really good. And I started to love myself again, because I feel like almost in college, loving myself was put on the back burner of just living this life of who I thought I was supposed to be versus who maybe I actually even wanted to be. Cause I didn't even really know myself at that point. And as I've gotten older and in my sobriety, I've reconnected to like who I am because I'm not drinking. I've been given this opportunity to discover like, how do I like to spend my time? What do I like to be doing? Who do I want to be around? Um, I've put up better boundaries for myself. I've learned to say no to doing things that so often I would just do because I was a people pleaser. And so for me, like self-love now is actually like doing the things that I want to do, spending my time, how I want to spend my time, having boundaries, learning to say no, being proud of my body. Even if I weigh more than maybe I honestly, I weigh more than I have in pretty much my entire life. I have two kids. My body's changed. I have like new things on my body that I didn't have before. I have a scar from having two C-sections. And it's like, there are days I like look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, and then I'm like, okay, 
what do you like? How would you speak to Clara, which is my daughter? And it's like the way that you speak to yourself is so important. And so my journey just is ever evolving. Like who I am as a person, I love myself more than I ever have before. But truthfully, I still struggle with the body image side of self-love and like really feeling that worth in my body. And some days like today I went and took barbell where I was lifting heavy and I'm like, you're a fucking badass. And then other days I'm like finding everything to pick myself apart. And it's like this kind of back and forth journey. But I think coming back to like reminding myself and almost having like a mantra or affirmation of like, I I am badass. I am beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I am worthy and reminding ourselves of those things, even though it doesn't like flip right away, it is really helpful. Yeah. I think there is something to the mantra and the affirmation. And also I just appreciate you opening up about your body image issues and sobriety. I know that's like very vulnerable things to talk about. So I appreciate you being open and honest with those things. But yeah, I think there is something to the affirmation. However, I think people like you were kind of mentioning, like it doesn't click right away. So like people struggle with like just using an affirmation and actually seeing a change happen. Do you have any other ways that you like integrate those like affirmations or things that like help you? And I know you said body image is something you're still working through, but is there, are there other ways that you like feel like you actually integrate? Like, okay, I actually feel really good in my body. And I think like you said, working out is something for you that makes Mm -hmm. you feel that way. Is there any other things that help you? Definitely the working out. Like if I'm having a day where I get out of the shower and I'm picking apart things about my body that I don't like, I am like, okay, you need to go move today because mm-hmm. even on the days when I like don't want to do it and, and then I go and I show up and I finish, I'm like, wow, my body let me do that. Like that's something to celebrate and that's badass. And it is, it's really learning to love my body and reminding myself in, like I said, that affirmations, but also reminding myself that there. I mean, we're literally told that we're supposed to look a certain way, but that's actually, it's not true. It's not achievable. Our bodies were all uniquely designed. And so I will never look the same way as these people that I'm seeing in the magazines. And I have to constantly remind myself of that. And it's through journaling and reflection and meditation. And there's this poem by Cleo Way that I absolutely love. And it's talking about how like we're told if we have scars that like they're flaws or that we have flaws as women, but actually there is no like perfect body. There is no one way to look like our flaws are us. And so instead of like comparing ourselves to what we're supposed to be remembering, like this is our unique, beautiful body. And it's something to be celebrated. Like there is no perfect image. And so I come back to that poem a lot because it reminds me that like I'm comparing myself to something that isn't true. It isn't achievable. And like I said, there's no perfect days, but it's reminding myself that like I am beautifully designed and meant to be designed just the way that I am. And I'm not supposed to look like this person that I see on social media or this person that I see on TV because they were designed differently than I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I love that perspective on it too. And just like, noticing like all the things that make us unique even if it's like personality traits or physical things like those are the things that 
are honestly make us like really cool and like different from each other. And like, that's kind of like why we're here. If we were all the same person and all looked at the same, this world would be very boring. And honestly, I really wouldn't want to be a part of it because it's like, I'm so interested in like what makes other people tick and what makes them them. And Mm -hmm. um, if you can like tap into that and like actually like remind yourself, like this is like what makes me me. And that's what's why I'm so badass and why I'm so cool. Like that is going to help you so much with your relationship with yourself, which I'm sure you've kind of figured out as you went along. It's it's hard, though, because we're told to all want the same things, to desire the same things, to look the same way, to dress the same way. And if you start to do something that is against what everyone else is doing, you feel like the outcast. You feel like you're going to be off on your own world, even if it feels really fucking good to you and really Mm -hmm. true to who you are. If you're going against what other people are doing, even if your heart and hearts, you know, it's right. You might feel sucked in to go back to like following the path that seems like the path everyone else is on. I mean, that's how I felt within sobriety, but I just think we're, like you said, like we're all meant to be different, like embrace our differences and know that like you might feel like you're off on an island alone for a little bit, but in the end, if you show up living a life that's true to you, that'll be so much more worth it. 100%. I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. And I'm curious, like, how have you broken out of that then? Like, I know it's way easier said than done with like society and people telling you like, oh, I need to look a certain way or like even with your sobriety, like how do you like mute and like push away all the things that you hear and try to stay true to like yourself and what you need? It's taken a long time to get here. <laughs> I can relate um, but, 100%. <laughs> uh, it's taken a long time. Like I got sober at 24, yep. which was so like, when I think about that, I'm like, damn girl, like what? That's amazing. Um, be- Seriously, like, 24? Kind of crazy like when I think about it. Yeah. I'm like, what was I like? I'm like so proud of myself when I think about it more. I'm like, um, because everyone was drinking. Like I was very much the outcast and wasn't even sure of myself at the time, but like knew in my core, I needed to not be drinking. It wasn't clear to me then why, like it impacted me very negatively. And that was what started that course. And so as I continued down the path, even though it was like tempting, like everyone around me is going out to the bars and I was going with them, but I wasn't drinking. I just like knew that even though other people were maybe blacking out or binge drinking. And like a lot of times when I share my story, people are like, oh yeah, that, I mean, that's normal in your mid early twenties. I was like, yeah, but I was like sick of feeling that way and felt like, normal. well, I mean, a lot of people are like, I black out on the weekends, you know, at 20 Mm -hmm. in my twenties. And I'm like, okay, that's your, that's your truth. I just didn't want that to be my truth anymore. And I had to decide like, because I I do think we glamorize it in our society of like, that is a normal thing. Yes. And so for me to be like, I don't want to be going down that path. It was really scary. But as I got further into my sobriety, I realized like, 
yeah, I, I am kind of out here on this Island by myself doing my thing, but I am like tapping back into finding a love for fitness and movement. Again, I started doing yoga and then, um, a few years and I got into alchemy and lifting weights. And it was just like, I started to celebrate my body again. And I started to be proud of myself and share my story. Like once I got a year of sobriety, I remember vividly writing that post and sharing it because it was the first time I'd like publicly told people I didn't drink and it was like so scary. Um, but then when I shared it and people's responses and DMS of people like, Oh my God, like I've actually been struggling with alcohol or I've been considering it. It was like, okay, like this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to show other people like it is possible. And that's, what's kind of kept me going is like, we aren't meant to be walking the same paths and to show other people like it's okay to go against the grain. It's scary. It can feel lonely at times, but if it's your truth and it's something that feels really good to you, like other people aren't going to understand and that's okay. It's not your job to get them to understand, but instead like you'd rather get to the end of your life being like, I lived a life that felt really good to who I am rather than look back and be like, Oh, I dressed that way. Cause I felt like I should, or I lived here cause I felt like I should, or I kept drinking because I was too afraid to do something that other people weren't doing. It's like, no, you want to get to the end of your life being like, damn, I showed up for me and did the things that were so authentic to who I am. I danced like a fool by myself <laughs> in my house and blared the music, but I didn't give a crap because it felt freaking good to me. Even if my neighbor across the street was like, what is that crazy ass chick doing? Or I went on that retreat by myself that a lot of my friends were like, you're crazy. Like, why would you do that? But you went and like, you discovered more of what you're capable of. And it's like living the less traveled path is scary. But once you start to do it, you're like, why didn't I do it sooner? Hell yeah. Like literally to everything you said, like couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's something that I'm constantly trying to do in my own daily life is like, how can I like, question the beliefs that are like set and like what actually feels like truly authentic to me and like tapping into your intuition. It's like, what is my soul's purpose of being here? And like, how can I live my life out and not give a fuck, honestly, what other people think about it? So I'm curious, like going off of that, it's easier said than done, like not giving a fuck about what other people think. And I know like I personally struggled with like people pleasing a lot of the time. I know we've talked about how people pleasing is like something that's been a struggle for you too. And I know a lot of people struggle with it. So like what negative things have come up for you from other people and like, how do you work through that and how to get to you? It's hard. I'm still working on it. Like you said, um, everything's a work in progress. I mean, I think back like early in my sobriety when I was telling people like, I don't drink and they were like, well, like why? And I so badly wanted to just be like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I don't need to drink because they were kind of like putting on their perspective of their own drinking and like, well, I don't think like you are an alcoholic or I don't think that you have a problem. And it's like, right, like maybe that isn't my story isn't necessarily fall into a category. But for me, it was a problem for me. It was holding me back. And I mean, even now, like. I have people that will tell me parts of my story that they feel like I say I'm sober and I'm very like open. Like I'm sober from alcohol. I don't drink. And I've had people say, well, that you're not sober. 
And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, I don't drink alcohol. That's my truth. I, you know, like I struggle with drinking and I think like it's remembering like why you started something because we can all go back to the why. And if you can get really rooted in your why for beginning a journey, whether it is starting a fitness journey or getting sober or starting a business, people are always going to question you. They're always going to ask you and like push back or make you doubt yourself. And especially when it's something that they're probably questioning themselves deep down. Yep. And so it's like, you need to get so grounded in your why. Like every single time that people question me in my sobriety journey or wanting to start a podcast or, you know, like leave the job that I was at to go into a startup business, like why, 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 why? And it's like, well, here's my why. Like I feel so grounded because I'm choosing sobriety. I think my, well, I know my why is because I want to build a life that is where I'm showing up as me. I'm not hiding behind alcohol, feeling like confident because I'm drinking. I want to feel confident because I'm confident in myself. I don't need something else to get me that confidence. Or I'm starting this business because I want to impact one person's life out there. And it's coming back to your why, because there are always going to be people that doubt you, no matter how far up in your journey you are. There's always people that are going to be little trolls on the internet talking about the stupidest stuff. Like I posted this thing I've talked about on my podcast before. I think I told you too, Lena, I posted about the weather in Minnesota one day. And this is honestly what's made me realize like there will always be trolls. I posted a TikTok and it was like, the weather is beautiful in Minnesota today. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. The fall leaves are changing. And somebody was like, Minnesota's trash. And I was just like, damn, there's always going to be trolls about like the everything. Right. And so like that honestly has been like a really good reminder for me as I keep going into things is like someone's always going to be against what I have to say or what I'm doing. And I have to learn to like, let that shit go. However, if it does get to me, cause it does at times I go to my friends and I'm like talking through it of like, Hey, I'm having a really hard time with this. Like it is really getting to me and talking through it and like realizing like, okay, why is that getting to you? Like this person, you know, like they don't get it or they're not going to understand it. Or maybe like, I don't know their truth. I don't know like the root of why they're saying what they're saying to me or why they're questioning me. And at the end of the day, it's like just going to someone and usually like, why do you care? Like who cares? And literally having someone say that is like, you're right. Okay. That was a little tangent, but. No, I mean, that was like really helpful to like know the thought process that goes behind it and like examples of it too. Because like I said, I know so many people struggle with that. And especially when you're like going through some sort of like healing or growth, like you're probably going to be going against the grain and like doing things that like a lot of people aren't doing out there. Because I do feel like our society, like in general, is like pretty detached and like uses a lot of coping mechanisms and a lot of ways to numb themselves and disconnect. And so when you're doing something that like people aren't used to, it feels really strange for them. So they're going to start to question you and, um, the way that you like go about it and just like your honesty of like, yeah, I'm still working through that. Like 
it's so valid. And like, I just like think other people out there like need to know that it's not like this thing where you're just going to like flip a switch and like, I'm not a people pleaser anymore. I don't give a fuck what other people think. Like it takes Mm -hmm. time to get there and just like being compassionate and like having grace with yourself during that process is like only going to benefit you more instead of like feeling shame and guilt for like feeling bad about what other people like. It's just like a downward spiral. If you start to get into like the negative thoughts about it, and like start questioning yourself if you can get out of that and like pull yourself into something else that's only going to help you in the long run and like get better along the way so i appreciate you sharing that all right so since we're on the topic of like going against the grain and like going against the status quo i'm curious how do you tackle that personally how do you like stand strong and like what you believe and like who your authentic self is even when you hear this is like the right way to do it in quotes or how things should be done. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on it in all full transparency, but I, something that's helped me a lot is really reflecting on like, what is the life that I want to lead? How do I want to show up in the world? And for me, I feel very called to be a super open, honest, and vulnerable person. And that's not everybody's calling, but I do think that that is a little bit uncomfortable for people. Like, why do you feel like you need to share your struggles? Or why do you feel like you need to talk out about these things or have a podcast? Um, And for me, it was just like coming back to like, that's what I feel called to do. And so if you're someone that maybe you this is like a small thing, but like, maybe you're like out shopping and you like see this shirt and you're like, Oh my God, I like love it. And somebody with you was like that shirt, dude, like buy the fucking shirt and wear Mm -hmm. it. Like, but that's like a really small, simple thing to think about. I have a story about this because this is me. (laughs) This is me now saying that I need to do this. I bought this like really cute jumpsuit um and I like was like it was flowy and was comfortable and then I wore like a long sleeve underneath and I was like all ready to go out I was feeling myself I made a TikTok looking fresh and I come downstairs my husband's like what is this pilgrim (laughs) pilgrim outfit you're wearing oh my god I was like what he's like you look like a pilgrim and I was like I'm sorry I just came downstairs. I was making footage in the bathroom, feeling hot. Now you're telling me I look like a pilgrim, and I went and changed. No, and I haven't worn it since. I need to see and the now. now I'll weekend, tell you if it looks like a pilgrim. This, <laughs> Not that okay, it matters. Okay, but now this weekend, I'm I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear my pilgrim <laughs> yeah. outfit, and I'm gonna rock it. But it's like little things like that. I think it seems funny, but it's mm. true. Like our style is literally based upon what we see out in the media and what we're told to wear. And it's like, tap into your own style, wear what you want to wear. And that's a minute thing, but that's a great place to start to make that shift in the living life that's true to you. So another thing might be like, you might feel this calling that keeps coming up. And like, I truly do believe like we get like these nudges of like, okay, maybe you've been considering like, getting into meditation and like it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up and like you have friends that are like they're like woo that's woo woo meditation tarot <laughs> meditation woo-woo. feels like nothing like, at this point with how woo I'm right, but yeah right but like it. so yeah. many people they're like no 
but you might feel that calling. You might be the first one in your friend group to like tap into that spiritual side. And that could be fucking scary because once you go in, you cannot go back because it's so eye-opening, you know, but it's like, follow those little nudges. Don't be afraid to do things that other people around you aren't doing. It's okay to be the first one. And in fact, I've found that when you usually are the first one to do something, usually other people come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, oh, I see. I see that you're doing meditation. I've been thinking about that. What's that like? And it gives other people the permission to do things that maybe are is considered against the grain or to do things that other people aren't necessarily doing. And when I say other people aren't necessarily doing, it's usually within like your friend group. It's hard to be the first one to go against it. Um, But even just like there might not be other people that you see doing, I'm trying to think of an example, but like doing something and it's okay to be the first person and telling you. I mean, that's another big thing. It's like, I actually have taken a step back from drinking too for like the past couple months now. And at first it was like scary for sure, because like majority of my friends like do still drink and like. I don't care that they do that. And it doesn't like, I'm not like judging them for doing that because I mean, I've literally done that for like majority of my life. So how could I judge someone for doing that? But for me, like my relationship with alcohol has just changed and it like, hasn't been serving me lately. And so I can completely relate. It's like, it was so scary, like being the one to be like, go to social events and be like, Hey, like I'm not drinking. And like being so like worried about what other people were going to think. But it, it does inspire other people to like, be like, Hey, like they'll pull me aside and be like, Hey, I've honestly, like, I'm actually just like curious, like why you took a pull back and like, they want to like know more. And it doesn't feel like it's like, because they're judging me. It's more so like, Hmm, like me, I, I can see the, I can see the wheels turning in their head. It's like, they're kind of questioning like their own relationship with alcohol. And they're like, they've told me like, Hey, like I've actually been trying to like take breaks like here and there too. And I like get it. So it's, you never mm-hmm. know what impact you're going to make, especially like being the one to like go against the grain and be the first one to like do something that's a little bit different. Like even like, I'm sure you can relate to like starting your own business and like being out in the open and like sharing your story. Like I've had multiple people, like I just had a friend the other day. She's been my really good friend since like junior high, probably we were on dance team together. She reached out to me out of the blue. And like, we actually haven't talked in like maybe like a month or two reached out to me and was like, Hey, like sent me this really nice text message about like, Hey, like I've been like really struggling with my job and I actually just quit it and like got a new job. Like I'm feeling so good. Honestly, your posts that you put out there on Instagram, like I look at them and they like inspire me to like do what's best for me. And Mm -hmm. I just needed you to know that like you are making an impact. And I was like, I literally got chills like right now again, because I like, Mm -hmm. I had no idea that I was making that kind of impact on her necessarily or like honestly there's probably so many other people out there that you don't know that you're impacting especially if you're on like a platform like that but even starting with your friends with like your circle Mm -hmm. and doing things that are different it's so cool like the impact that you can make especially when it's like a positive thing that you're doing for yourself well you're showing other people what is possible Mm -hmm. and it's scary to be the first one to do that but it is like so empowering once you begin that journey. And it, I mean, it definitely comes with its own challenges, but it's so worth it. And this reminds me of like one thing that I 
do that when self-doubt creeps in. And um, maybe we've talked about it before, but I have a folder titled creating ripples. And if somebody sends me something um, just about like any way that they've been impacted by what I'm doing, I screenshot it and save it. And I go back to it when self-doubt's creeping in or I'm questioning why I'm doing something or, you know, like start to have limiting beliefs about what is possible for me. It's like going back to like, wow, I've impacted this many people just by me living a life that feels really true to who I am and the person that I want to be. And that's been like such a great reminder to like fuel my fire and to keep me going. I do the same thing too. I love it. I, mine's called my why speaking of whys, And, uh, I do the same thing. If I'm ever like doubting myself or having that imposter syndrome sneak up, I'll go take a little peek in that folder. And yeah, honestly, I like recommend that for anyone that's like pursuing something that they're passionate about or something that like goes against the grain or like, honestly, maybe it is like taking a step back from alcohol and it's like, you have those people, those things that like remind you that like clearly like you need people in your corner when you're going through things like that, that helps. But like if you can come back to anything that like reminds you of your why and reminds you of like why you're living your life out to be authentic to yourself, it's going to be so beneficial. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of like switching gears, sort of talking the woo-woo stuff with meditation. I'm really curious, like how has being sober and just like the things that have evolved in your life affected your spirituality and your faith? Yeah. So for me, um, my sobriety journey actually started by me going to um, what's called Quest 180, which is a faith-based AA group through a local church here in Minnesota called Eagle Brook. And then AA is based upon like a higher power. And so that for me, honestly, was like a huge catalyst into me, like getting back into church because growing up, we were, um, I think people call them the Christers. Have you heard this? People that people like we, my family was, we were Christers. So you go to church on Christmas and Easter. Creasters. Ah, okay. We were Creasters. People, but I didn't know there was like a name for it. Yeah, we were we were Creasters, and um, and like <laughs> then I got sober, and I was like, okay, like what what am I gonna do with my time? Like, where do I want to put my focus and energy? And I like it's kind of funny. I don't feel like I talk about this a ton because yeah, I like I sometimes forget. But I like um started like touring churches essentially to figure out like, where do I want to like have a home base? Um, and I was going to this place called substance. And on Tuesdays I would go to like their, um, young adult worship by myself. Like I would go and like worship and it was worship was very powerful for me, like early in sobriety. And I would just like go by myself and I would like cry. And it was like very therapeutic because it was like all these like life changes and these things that were coming to a head. And like, I'm paving this new life for myself. And I was going to that on Tuesdays and then doing my quest 180 and my AA program, which is again, about a higher power. You don't necessarily have to identify with God as your higher power. Um, and just like through that, I got back into going to church and was decided to go to Eagle Brook and honestly, like went pretty regularly until the pandemic that kind of shifted things. But that was like this, like re 
ignition for me in pursuing a faith and establishing a relationship with God. I mean, we went to church and I've always had a faith, but I didn't really do the work until I got sober. That was like what reopened that door for me. And then over the years, I've started to just like meet people that do meditation and use tarot and do like Reiki healing and all these different things that have been very, very powerful for me that at first I was unsure of and didn't really understand myself. But as I've gotten to like see how they work and I really do believe in a a higher power or your intuition and like trusting yourself and that there's like someone or the universe, whoever, like you relate to that, like guides you and sends you information to help you on your path, whether it's God, a higher power, um, a spirit guide, whatever you relate to. I do believe that there is someone out there that is looking for us. And I think like, for me, it's just being reminded that like, when I get really like caught up in life, I'll try to slow down and I'll either pray or I'll talk to like my grandma. Um, And just like, sometimes just like thinking of her and it's really opened up this door for me in a few different ways. Like church was huge up until the pandemic. Like I would go pretty much every week. Um, I didn't know you went to Eagle Brook. I actually watched them online. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yep. They're great. And like when Jordan and I met, um, that was a really important thing for me because my previous boyfriend, it was like, I felt like I was punishing him uh, to go to church with me and we would go to church a few times a year, more than just Christmas and Easter. And it was like, he didn't want to go. And when Jordan and I started dating, I was going on Sundays by myself or sometimes with a friend and he like came and it was not a question at all. And I like vividly remember, this is like me kind of getting on a tangent, but I vividly remember like the first time we went and um, we were listening to them sing and worship And then when they went to pray, he like held my hand and like leaned in. And I was literally like, okay, like this is my person. And that was like pretty early on in us dating. But it was like when we finally like kept dating, I was like, I pretty much like knew after that, well, like I loved you. And like, cause it was like, I didn't ask. The moment you knew he was like your soulmate. I like knew he was my person. I literally have told him, I'm like, when we went to church and you held my hand and you leaned in to pray with me, I was like, wow. Like, and just like other little things, like this is me totally getting off topic, but I love it. Keep going. Right. When we started dating, he like called his mom when we were together about something. And like, this was probably like two weeks in of us seeing each other. And he'd already like told her all about me and like all this stuff. And like, they, like she said hi to me and I hadn't even met her yet. And I was just like, you talk to your mom on the phone. Like you have a really good relationship with your family and like you do Sunday night dinner and like my family were very close so it was like all these little things that I mean I don't know it was just a very like eye-opening experience to me because previous relationship that I was in it ended because of my drinking and for a long time I felt like so much um heaviness around it of like I thought that that was going to be my person. I thought we were going to get married. We'd been together for almost four years. I mean, we were very young. Um, And that was really scary because I was like, I threw this away because I got drunk and I cheated. Mm -hmm. And then I met Jordan and I was like, 
wow, like that needed to happen for me to meet him and to recognize, although I very much cared about that previous um, significant other, like he actually wasn't my person. I would have been settling because now I have this person that is very close with their family, wants to go to church with me, wants to come and do the workout classes, like all these different things. Um, And I think like some of that is faith of just like, trusting because like, as I started to get back in to going to church, it was like really letting go and trusting that like, it was going to be okay because going into sobriety was really, really scary. As I've talked about, I felt very isolated, very alone. And it's just like helped me to realize like there is a spirit, there is a higher power, there is a God, whatever you believe out there that when you can trust, even when life gets really hard, um, And you can put that faith that it will work out. And I'm not saying that like a lot of people don't go through a lot of shit. I know that, but like trusting in something outside of yourself, I think can sometimes just give a sense of peace. It can help you to feel this sense of community of connection and also just like talking to somebody too. Like, it's just like that, that person is always there listening to you when like, maybe you just need to like say it out loud and just like know that they're there to support you in that space and journey. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing about your relationship and just faith is like a, sometimes a taboo topic to talk about, but I think there's so much that people go through, especially on like a healing journey and whether that's like through sobriety or just like toxic relationships or whatever they're dealing with that like a higher power or God, that's someone that they can lean on can be so helpful and so impactful in like the relationship you have with yourself. So I just feel like they, a lot of the time go hand in hand. Did you have like a planned list of like things you were looking for in a partner or (laughs) did you just have trust that like it would be figured out and you found Jordan and it was just like your perfect human. For me, no, I didn't have like any like, like lists I would say, but there were definitely things that like were important to me of having a relationship with family, like willing to go to church with me, wanting to travel, to be active. It's like living a similar lifestyle and having similar values was really important to me. I didn't have like, has to be six, two or (laughs) blonde hair. Like it was more just someone that has similar values to me. And it's hard. Like dating and relationships are really, really hard. Um, and it's easy. Like when you get out of it to be like, God, I was settling. Um, because the person that I dated before, like I said, we were together like three to four years, we were really good friends before we started dating. We had a ton of fun together. Um, and we fought really only when I drank, but there was other like things that I didn't really like, like I wanted him to have a relationship with his family. There was like little flags of like, but I, at the time I was like, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And then when we got out of it, I was like, and I started to date, I was like, Oh, Like, yes, I still love and care about that person, but they're probably not my person and that's okay. But it's really easy to say that when you're out of it, but it's, it's important, I think, to like know what your values are and try to like let go of like the specifics of physical 
like appearance appearance yeah. and just think about yeah. like what do you like want that person to like focus on and to um how does it feel being around them? right like because if their values are out of alignment with yours like their values are probably not going to 180 change and so it's like figuring it out like what do they focus their time on energy on and like then investing in them and getting to know them because it, it says a lot about how a person, in my opinion, interacts with their family or interacts with their friends or what they say about them and like who they are versus what they look like, even though it can get really hard. I like very much believe in like getting to know people for like their soul versus appearance. And yeah, I don't know, like when Jordan and I started dating, like it, it's just really funny because we, I mean, from our first date, we started hanging out like we probably went on like five dates if we want to call them that in a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like my friends at our wedding were like, yeah, like two weeks later after we started dating, I went to Colorado and they're like, yeah, Alex FaceTimed him every day. They like multiple times they're FaceTiming each other. They're like, we just knew like there was something going on here. And like, he was so excited to like talk with her and she was so excited to talk with him. And yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Like, I like love him so much. And he's just been, I don't know. I like look back now and I'm like the way that we met and all these things, it's just, everything happens for a reason. Like I do believe that because there were a lot of things that had to happen for us to reconnect. And yeah, it's, it's fun. Dating's hard, but like, know your worth, like know that you are worth so much more. And if someone ever makes you question that probably not the right person for you. Yeah. And also, like you said, like not going into relationships, like trying to change someone, like you need to like get it set, like right ahead of time. Like, does this person align with my values? Does their lifestyle like match up with mine? And I think those Mm -hmm. are like the most important things because that's like how you're going to base your whole life. And like, if this is supposed to be your life partner, Mm -hmm. they need to be pretty aligned with you if they're going to be in your life forever, Mm -hmm. which is usually the goal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I, I love that story about you and Jordan. And I honestly just love getting to know more about your relationship because it inspires like people like me who are single. And I'm sure other people out there that like, if you just trust in the process, like your person will come along and to not settle and to never forget your worth mm-hmm. in those situations. I, I think an important thing though, to know it is like, we get so focused on like the perfect image of like, perfection and that there will never be challenges and you'll never fight with your spouse. And it's like, that is also something that we're sold. It's not true. Like I love Jordan with like my entire being, but we fight, we have our challenges. Like we are not perfect people and it's learning to like love your person despite those things and being willing to like show up when the going gets tough and put in the effort and have the communication skills to talk and like understand one another and know like when that person needs space or when that person like needs physical touch. But it's like, you have to be willing to do the work and not walk away as soon as the going gets tough. However, if that person is making you feel invalued or not worthy, that's different. But know that like, just because there's tension or challenges doesn't mean that person's not your person. It just means you have to do some of the work. Yeah, 100%. I think it's good to acknowledge that like relationships aren't easy. And I also think that 
if you don't have a strong relationship with yourself, I think that can affect your relationship with other people. I know for a fact, it can affect your relationship with other people substantially. So, um, I have one last question for you before we head out. I'm curious, like how much of how like you have learned to love yourself affects your relationship with Jordan. Mm. Do you feel like you needed to establish a better relationship with yourself before you found him? Mm. Or do you think you learn in the, in the relationship? So, I mean, I honestly feel like I was still very early on and like learning to love myself. We yeah. met when I was 10 months sober. Mm-hmm. So it was like still very new for me. And I think like I'm still learning to love myself um, in different ways. And I feel like I'm more confident every single year in our relationship. And I'm more like myself, but he embraces those parts of me and like loves me for those parts. But also like on the days where I'm struggling to love myself or having negative self-talk, he's the person like helping me to flip that mindset and like remind me like, you are a badass and like you are beautiful no matter like mm-hmm. what you're saying to yourself. And so I don't know. I, I definitely think like the more you can focus on you before finding your person and remembering like they're not going to be the one to solve all your problems. Like mm-hmm. putting that much pressure on anybody would be so stressful. Just remember like you have to like do the work for you, get really grounded in who you are. That person will come, but know that you're never going to feel fulfilled if you can't feel fulfillment within loving yourself and who you are. Yes. Literally mic drop. That's it. You have to feel fulfilled from within before you can even have fulfilling relationships in your life. I 100% agree with that. So I appreciate your responses with everything. And honestly, I wish we could talk longer, but I know you got to head out. So um, we'll definitely have to have another part two podcast because there's so much, so many other things I wanted to dive into, but we'll just save it for later and people have to come back for more. Yes. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Any other last thoughts or anything that comes to mind that your intuition's like, I have to share this? I think just based off of what we were talking about is don't be afraid to do the thing that your soul is calling you to do or to carve this path or go on the path that's less traveled. Like, do it. Fucking do it because you're not going to regret it. It's going to feel scary. You might have some self-doubt, but at the end of the day, you're going to be so proud of yourself for sure going up and building and creating a life that is so authentically you. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. What a great way to end it off. And um, like I said, you'll be back. How can people get into connection with you more? Yeah. Share all the things. Um, Instagram. It's just Alexandra's honor. And then I have a podcast creating ripples. Elena, yeah. like I said, has been on twice. So go check it out. Um, and then head to my website, alexandrazhonor.com. I do sober group coaching, sober coaching. Um, and then me and a few friends lead a sober women's community that meets virtually on Wednesdays. And I would love for you to come join. Yes. If you're questioning your relationship with alcohol or sober curious, like that's such a good spot to start out. Just having a community around you to feel supported. I hop in there, uh, now and again too. So yeah, definitely recommend also don't you have a TikTok? Oh, and my TikTok, Alexandra's Honor. It's all Alexandra's Honor. And she's going to be on Dr. Phil, so go watch her episode. January 13th, baby. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Love you. Thank you, Elena. 
And just like that, you have finished another episode of Elevate with Elena. Thank you so, so much for being here and showing up for yourself today. How can you support this community? I'm so glad you asked. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you're loving, what's not working so much, so that I can make this the best space for you to be able to show up, to learn, to grow, and continue on in your own self-love journey. This is what it's all about. And if you know someone else out there who could use this inspiration, these messages, please share it out to them. And if your intuition is nudging you to do something amazing for yourself and your relationship with yourself in 2023, come work with me. I'm taking on a few more clients in 2023, and I would love for you to be one of them. DM me on Instagram and let's set up a time for us to connect and see how I can best support you in your own journey. So I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon.